Hello, and welcome to Get Wrecked. I am your host, Louis Falgu. And I am your other host, Stephen Falgu. Get Wrecked is our occasional podcast that we do live for you all, where every week Louis recommends something to me, I recommend something to Louis, and then we talk about it in the following week. Hello, and welcome to Get Wrecked. Uh, Louis, I, your- I hope you had a good Honda days. Oh, yes, I, I did. And it's about to get that much worse, actually, because we are um, snubbing Honda a little bit today. Yeah, don't let them know. Uh, but anyway, I hope not only you, Lewis, but everyone out there had a good holiday season. We're, we're back. It's now um, 2034. As a surprise to everyone, actually, it's crazy because I know a lot of people, I keep seeing online that people are posting that it's 2020. 2020 but no it's actually 2034 yeah i don't know why people have been so behind for so long like i don't know what happened um but i guess the the 2020s must have just been that unexciting people didn't even realize they came and went i mean yeah well what's interesting louis is as we both know and as our listeners probably know we actually live in the future you and i we're so forward thinking so progressive that we actually are in the future as opposed to some people who still live in the past. It's kind of crazy. It's like this whole time thing. We don't need to get into it now, but... Um, yeah, it's complicated we, we, get wrecked lore. Yeah, it's... Yeah, the, someone will, I'm sure, update the wiki, the, the fan wiki, um, and then they can read it from there. We won't talk about it here. It's already been made canon um, in some of the extended universe novelization of Get Wrecked, so if you're curious, you can go check that out. Yeah. We, um... um we, 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 with, that, with that, I know how forward-thinking and how futuristic we are, so why don't we move into the future with what um, I recommended to you, you recommended to me, I recommended to you, that's correct. Um, Louis, last time, to get into the spirit, the, the ad-generating spirit, of course, we're always here celebrating the Lexus season of giving and happy Honda days. Well... Uh, this year, we wanted to highlight our good friends at Toyota. So, Lewis, not only did I recommend to you kind of a gathering of Toyotathon commercials, of course, Toyotathon being the season of of giving for all Toyota branded vehicles, uh, but I also recommended you a, a medley of Christmas, another holiday going on during the same time as Toyotathon ads and, and we will talk about those Lewis so why don't you go ahead and kick us off and how about we start with some of the Toyotathon commercials that you saw of course giving back to Lord Toyota uh, who everyone celebrates during Toyotathon yeah uh, the, the king of APR as he is uh, commonly known yeah well um, you know I was I was I was very fortunate to be able to spend my uh, Toyotathon uh, engaging in some uh, Toyota activities, and by that I mean watching their playlist, their official playlist of Toyota 2019 advertisements. Which and my, now, my... Lewis, can, can I just interject quickly? Um, did you get to take part in the tradition of going to your local Toyota dealer and asking about their uh, low financing? I I did not. I was. Oh, that is unfortunate. <laughs> I, I know you were talking about getting around to it, and we had a busy 
uh, Toyota-thon this season, so well, it, it's unfortunate that you didn't get to go out. You see, they kind of shot themselves in the foot because they made their uh, Toyota 2019 commercials playlist just so goddamn entertaining that I sp- I just kept re-watching that shit, and I had completely forgotten to uh, travel to my local Toyota dealership. And As you I, should. I blame I mean, them that's for what, that. I, I mean, really, at the end of the day, that's what the holiday is all about, truly. Uh, I, I don't know, like, what I'm supposed to say, uh, because I I sat and watched this playlist twice. I watched 14 car commercials twice each, uh, which probably isn't as much as other people have probably had to see some of these. Um, I uh, had never seen any of these Toyota ads, and I must say that I was enthralled by their amazing uh advertising and marketing prowess uh it made me realize how much i would personally enjoy it if toyota would reach out to get wrecked and uh allow us to be a uh 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 i don't know a venue through which they can advertise i'm i'm just saying uh, this has this is not like it's a request or anything i'm just saying i would sell out in a heartbeat uh, to Toyota. I think that Toyota makes phenomenal advertisements. My favorite Toyota advertisement was the Toyota advertisement in which a Toyota race car races the Planters Peanut Mobile or the Nut Mobile, which is quite the unfortunate name. And uh, the reason I liked this ad so much is because it made me realize that we do truly live in a hellscape. And. Um, that's, uh, other than that, I saw a lot of cars traveling down, uh, streets, usually in, um, nice, pretty, natural environments, either that or a racetrack, um, and, um, yeah, a couple things I should mention is, one, we have no, absolutely no problem calling Toyota the official vehicle dealer of the Get Wreck podcast. Uh, so Toyota, if you want to reach out to us now, Lewis, I need to ask: Were you able to spot our Lord and Savior Jan? Uh, no, no, I, you, I, I, I must oh, have played the game wrong. Oh, oh my! So you, you were not presented uh, Jan, our, our, our very good Toyota advertising spokesperson. Oh wait, was she the woman who sat in the snuggie? Uh, most likely. Okay, because she sat in a Snuggie and she told me about Toyota um, something. I-, I didn't really pay attention. Yes, as, as Jan is wont to do. Jan being, of course, uh, the the reason for Toyotathon to exist. Of course, Toyotathon, as many know, is when Jan was birthed. Uh, Jan came into the world to be a spokesperson for our great vehicle dealer, Toyota. Uh, so I'm glad you at least got to see some Jan. I will talk a little bit about some Jan highlights. Of course, Jan, probably best known for her Jan Capella, where she sang about Toyota vehicles in the format of uh, Jingle Bells, I, I do believe, or We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Of course, we all we all love Jan. I love Jan now. Uh, <laughs> I do. I didn't know this until now. Um, 
That is another oh. shout out. Now, if, uh, if Jan would like to uh, hop on, get wrecked to talk about uh, Toyota, whatever thing that she would talk about with Toyota, we're welcome to do this as long as we are uh, compensated financially. <clears throat> oh, yes, we would love to have Jan as a guest on our podcast. Of course, we would be willing to interview Jan about all the great financing options available to us. Louis, I, I do have to mention, um, because of course there were many playlists, so I just want to call out some highlights. I actually got the treasure and the treat this year of watching a greatest hits, if you will, where they went through Toyotaton through the years, and I will say they really have a knack for showing cars on a road going fast and then also trying to be very relevant in the year, such as in Toyotathon 2001, where they call it Toyotathon 01, and how the Camry is the next great blockbuster. Wow, that's uh, so dated, I don't even know what that's supposed to be a reference to. Of course, uh, Jan shows up a lot. Uh, again, we, we all love Jan. Jan plugs in some lights, and she sings good songs for the Toyota to get us on the Toyota spirit. This year, I will say, a little bit lacking in the Toyotathon yeah, department. Yeah, step it up, Toyota. You know, we here's the thing, Toyota, I, because I know you're listening, Mr. Mr. Toyota. Um, the thing is, we will absolutely shill for you, without a doubt. But at the same time, we still need to be critical of our darlings. You know, we can't let you rest on your laurels. So we'll take that good money and we'll speak for you. But we'll also, you know, we'll, we'll be the voice of the people. And the people are demanding a little bit better in the Toyotathon commercial department. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think what Toyota really needs is some better public outreach. I think they were a little out of touch, perhaps, this Toyotathon. You know, it happens to the best of us. Um, I think what Toyota really needs is to, is to take a look at um, what the youth is really into and try to, try to hit that a little bit better next time. You know, now I, I have no idea, come Toyotathon 2020, what the youth is going to be into. Uh, but I think it would be something very much worth considering. Um, yes, and of, of course, uh, one way that they could do that is when we all take part in the festive tradition of sitting around a marketing expert as we talk about information in a focus group, then they could probably glean what the youth of today are into, really. Yeah. When they, when they put the the uh, log fire, the eight-hour log fire on Netflix in the focus group room, we can all talk about the youth of today. And um, I, I think to 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 uh, to conclude our Toyota uh, specific segment for um, you know 2019's Toyotathon. Now that it has passed. I just want to make something incredibly clear. I mean, I, if it hasn't been clear enough, Stephen and I will literally get down on our knees and beg for your sponsorship. I mean, it, look, we've been doing it for so long, okay? We are, we are asking for your sponsorship. We will handle that sponsorship as if it were... Uh, uh, insert something to be protected here. I, I couldn't come up with anything. But you get the picture. Um... <laughs> I, I yeah, want we'll, to, we'll fix that. We'll fix that in post, Lewis. We'll yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll edit it after. But I really just want to make sure that they that they get this through to their head. Like, I mean, I, I could say this so many times. You don't understand Toyota. I I have cried every night with the thought that we have not been sponsoring 
your corporation. It is killing us. And so I beg for you to come and sponsor Get Wrecked. Do you see our overlay right now? Think of all of the places that I could place your Toyota logo. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, look, your Toyota logo. I got it right there in the corner. You see that? Imagine if it were elsewhere on the screen. Could you imagine that for just a second? Because I can imagine it. It is, it is driving me mad. We need your sponsorship. I swear to God, if we don't get your sponsorship by Toyotathon 2020, we will turn on you. And that is a guarantee. And two quick things to mention. One is that, of course, we would be willing to brand fan favorite characters with your Toyota logo, such as during our Halloween event. You better believe all those good, good skeletons will have the Toyota shirts just ready and able. Oh my god, screw it. There will be Toyota cars. I mean, I don't care. And, and here's the other thing. As we mentioned at the top of this podcast, we're in the year 2034, Lewis and I, and we already know that you did it. You already, we already know you're, you're sponsoring us. We're in the future. So you just, just make it happen today. Yeah. The sooner, the better for everyone else, you know? Well, anyway, um, I suppose secondary to Steven's recommendation included a, um, a, a, a selection of 12 ads brought to you by the wonderful nostalgia critic um I, I i don't think the point of this was to talk about nostalgia critic or nostalgia critics video um but i don't quite like the nostalgia critic so much uh it's been a while been a hot minute since i think i enjoyed a nostalgia critic video but you know what it doesn't matter because in his video he was able to um, play enough of each ad, practically the entirety of each ad, so that I could forget about his video and talk about the ads in a truly transformative, fair use nature. Uh, anyway, yeah, we're going we're going multi levels of fair use here. Yeah, this is critic on critic action. So um, anyway, uh, I, I mean, you know, these ads really got me in the holiday spirit. I feel like nothing says Christmas um, like corporate ads and um, corporate everything, really. Um, and, uh, you know, I got to see some nice, warm, fuzzy ads of children getting Coca-Cola bottles and getting uh, held by Ronald McDonald. And, um, you know, dare I say I was maybe a little uncomfortable, but... At the end of the day, the ads had nice music with jingle bells, so I, I can let it slide. Lewis, can I ask what your favorite ad is of this set? Well, if I'm being completely serious, I think the one with the little snowman kid's pretty good. Because when I was a kid, I used to see the little snowman kid on TV. And I don't know how old that ad is, but I feel like they played it every year. Um, and the snowman drinks the soup. And the snowman melts away. And um, I guess the point is that if you're cold, you can you can eat a hot soup. Um, which, I mean, yeah, I suppose that's true. That is a good one. And of course, uh, you mentioned Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola really defining Santa Claus. And they came out swinging with some ads here that were in this compilation. The Coca-Cola trucks and, of course, everyone's favorite polar bears that literally make no sense. I actually have a place by where I live where there's a Coca-Cola store and you can take a picture with the polar bear and it looks very scary. 
It's also just um, bizarre because um, I don't really know what the deal is with Coca-Cola making polar bears their mascot. I mean, I, I don't know. They're, they're not even like caricatures or like cartoonish polar bears. They're just like CG polar bears that drink Coca-Cola. I, I mean, shout out to the Coca-Cola polar bears. Um, but uh, Who at Coca-Cola HQ was like, hmm, what about the polar bear? Everyone's like, yes, yes. Yeah, that'll that'll really sell this, our brown liquid. People will be lapping up our brown liquid now. Yeah, and I, I the said focus that groups demanded this. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I sounded very sarcastic and very cynical. Coca-Cola, oh my god, we would die for your sponsorship. I I, I just I need to be very careful here because I feel like I'm giving all of these industries the wrong idea. Oh my lord. We have no morals. <laughs> we have absolutely <laughs> no will, principles. We will do I will anything. Literally, I will literally dedicate whole ASMR sections of this podcast of drinking just straight Coca-Cola. We won't even talk. We'll just drink a Coca-Cola. Yeah, and we'll occasionally go... Yes. So if that sounds appealing to you, um, you know, hit us up. So thank you, Lewis, for joining me in, and, and all of our listeners for joining us in what really is the true spirit of Toyotathon, uh, looking back at some holiday advertisements. And uh, I don't think there's any value in doing the, the end segment for this part, really, other than uh, to emphasize well, if I mentioned your corporate name, or even if I didn't, uh, it is a plea uh, for you to uh, reach out. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, truly all of these ads that we watched were 10 out of 10, and we would gush about your brand at any op given opportunity. Oh, my God, and I recommend your brand. I recommend it. Okay, so let's move on. So uh, let's get to what I recommended to you, Stephen. So um, I recommended to you a, a Christmas classic uh, miracle on 34th street you know it's a classic because as you can see from this particular movie poster it is uh, black and white although slightly brown um which means it's old and uh anyway uh take it away this is actually the first time that i've seen this movie in its entirety i feel like i always catch snippets of this one but i've never pieced together an entire watch so that was something i'm sure many consider this a traditional classic in which they watch it many times over the holiday period, but this was my first full watch. I, first of all, might I say, I just really enjoy, again, the corporatization. Although I will say what was interesting, uh, so just to talk about the general premise, the general premise really revolves around Macy's, and they say Macy's a lot, and they even talk about Mr. Macy who I do believe was very dead by this point in time. But they don't shy away necessarily from thinking about the corporatization in a way that's almost kind of like the theme of the movie and what happens in the film almost also feels like a reflection of what was going on in real life in which Macy's gave people money to make a movie so that way they could think they were doing a good thing to make people shop at Macy's more, which literally also happens in the movie. But with that being said, 
the general premise is that there's Santa Claus and he's actually real Santa Claus and he does a whole bunch of different things that get people to remember the spirit of Christmas. But most of all, he tr- changes the viewpoint of a mother and her daughter who are both kind of done with fairy tales and don't believe in anything and work, 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 and those sorts of things. The classic Christmas fable, as you were. But I do like the conceit here of Santa Claus. First of all, I think the actor does a wonderful job being Santa Claus. And I also think that it's always grounded in reality, which is an int- which is a really fun take. There's no Mrs. Claus here. He's just kind of an old guy. He was even in a home for a while. He does quote-unquote Christmas miracles, but again, they're all kind of grounded in this interesting reality where, for instance, he starts telling shoppers when they put him in as Mall Santa to go to other stores because they probably have what they're looking for, and he gives them directions to those other stores, which create a whole series of events where eventually he gets enough money from the head of some departmental stores to buy a new x-ray machine, which is what his doctor on site at the home really needed. And things like the girl says, well, you have to get me a real house or else I don't believe you. And he starts to kind of push a guy who's a kind of very creepy and honestly very strange love interest, which I'll talk about in a second, to kind of think about buying a house. And then he gives them directions to a home that's for sale. And so he creates quote unquote Christmas miracles, but they're all sort of grounded in this very real setting and true reality. Yeah. And I I feel like um, probably what this movie does the best compared to like a lot of Christmas movies that I've seen is that it feels like um, you're right that it feels grounded. It's also just like, I feel like it focuses on pretty much nothing, but like being really like, heartwarming like just the because the the you know the center the central figure of Santa Claus in this movie is just like so he's just like a really likable old dude you know he's like oh man that guy could be my grandpa you know and it's like oh isn't that cute and everything he does is cute even when like he hits someone with a cane it's like oh <laughs> like that's cute um yeah and this whole thing definitely oozes that and you definitely get all the you know holiday spirit and all the feel-good elements that a Christmas movie should have. And there's some really fun scenes where if like where he's put on trial because no one believes he's Santa Claus. And there's this interesting dynamic where the judge is then cast into a really terrible light because obviously you're putting Santa Claus on trial. And the post office starts sending this guy all of the letters and they use that as the conceit for why Santa Claus must be real, which I thought was actually kind of fun and pretty funny in a way, honestly. And the way they pull it off, too, where the lawyer brings one of the letters to the judge and says, well, the post office believes this to be true. And they're like, well, it's only one letter. you got to show us all the letters. And they dump a giant pile of letters on him at the podium. And there are a lot of little scenes like that, little tiny scenes like that, that are really great. What I do want to talk about that I didn't like so much was, although I do like the individual characters, but I really did not like the relationship between the neighbor who spends a lot of time with the, I guess you would call her the main character's daughter, and then the main character, or in this case, kind of the Macy's buyer. She's responsible for the parade and for other things. Um, Their relationship is very, very stiff, and then honestly accelerates so fast that in one scene they just 
are like a couple, I guess, and they get mad at each other and fight and storm off. And it literally was kind of unfounded at that point. Just in general, I thought that relationship was a little kind of overtly creepy in a weird way that I didn't enjoy. And I'm sure it's a it's more of a function of the times than it is what's playing out here in well, front of me. But I was not the biggest fan of that element. Well, it is a function of the times because it's Christmas and Christmas is the time of love where anybody becomes a couple. Cause you know, I don't know. Sure. Where the creepy neighbor who makes really odd <laughs> yeah. advances is just, allowed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he just, yeah. But, um, yeah. So there, there was that part of it, but I think like, uh, again, I'll mention all of the performances here are really great. I my favorite dynamic is between Santa Claus, the buyer, and her coworker. I don't really know like what their actual titles are supposed to be, but that dynamic is really fun. I think the interaction that the um, the neighbor character has with Santa Claus is really good and then in general i do think the child actor does a really good job here as well she's kind of what's supposed to be the heart of this film as chris kringle is trying to persuade her more than anyone to believe in the spirit of christmas yeah i mean really i think this film um you know like uh, i i almost wonder what the the point is supposed to be when i watch this sometimes because i'm like i understand that you know it's got the heart um the uh, heartwarming Christmas stuff and like the family element and things like that. But considering how much the movie like centers around whether Santa Claus is real or not, I always wonder if the point of the movie is literally just like for parents to show their kids uh, so that they can believe in Santa more. I I honestly don't know. Um, But whatever the case, I think it is glorious to watch um, our Lord and savior Santa Claus stick it to all those dirty atheists. Uh, What a great film. Uh, and that's that's uh, pretty much my take on it. Thank you, Macy's, for giving us this treat. Yeah, for sure. I think that one of the things that I feel... <laughs> um, that You know, this film really does do a good job of giving you that you know, warm, heartfelt Christmas feeling. I think it does that better than a lot of films, but I don't know if I would say, well, no, I think I probably would say after watching this, it might be one of my favorite Christmas films now. I don't know if I'd watch it every year necessarily. Like I know we've talked about the Grinch before. And to me, the Grinch is an, is a true classic. And really I feel like does the best job of incorporating or encapsulating what this quote unquote spirit of Christmas should be. The, the Jim Carrey uh, one, to be specific, the Jim Carrey one. Yeah, to be specific, of course. Um, no, I was talking about the Illumination one, actually, Lewis. Oh, uh, wow, wow. New classic, modern classic. Yeah, cult of the new. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but what where I do feel like this film does not do such a great job, it's basically exactly what you mentioned. It feels like the theme is kind of muddied here. I do think that the theme is present, but some of the plot lines, some of the plot threads just feel, I wouldn't say out of place, but in a strange way, not, you know, dissonant from what the true theme is. Like really the whole situation with uh, Chris Kringle and the guy who is supposed to be like presenting, I don't know, who, who's like, doing psychiatry on 
employees for whatever reason. That to me feels like an odd side thread. I understand its purpose within the, the context of the plot, but its purpose within the context of the theme is very strange because honestly, that character never gets redeemed nor does that character ever, quote-unquote, find the spirit of Christmas. So really, it's just like, yeah, there are some people who are just bad and don't like Christmas, I guess. <laughs> Which is fine, too. I mean, that's a very real take on it all, but I doubt that's what they were going for here. Yeah. I mean, I've I, I, uh, you know, I, I, I've made a lot of uh, snide remarks, but I do actually really like this movie. I mean, I'm not, I don't tend to be very big on Christmas films or really Christmas anything, because it's 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 not the most uh interesting holiday for me but um i i i think of all like the classic kind of accepted stuff you watch during christmas this is probably among my favorites if uh i would agree the grinch is probably my 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 number one there but like but i appreciate that this movie doesn't feel overly sentimental like it feels very perfectly sentimental it feels sentimental in like just the right way where it's not going overboard um it doesn't really feel goofy either considering how silly i guess the inherent concept of it is um and it's all like really small scale uh like the the story of this is just so self-contained um in a way i don't know of any other christmas movies that really feel quite like that um where it's just like, oh yeah, it's just kind of this one place, and this dude says he's Santa, and like that's kind of that's kind of the thing. Um, and I I think it's a fun element too. Like, of any other movie that involves Santa Claus in any way, this one's like a like you know turns into like a court drama where it's like, is he really Santa Claus or not? And that's kind of like all that's going on here, um, which I just find uh, uh, pretty entertaining. And um, again, even if I fail to see the point of it. Um, I kind of fail to see the point of a lot of these anyway, so whatever. Uh, okay, well, Lewis, do you want to wrap it up? Oh yeah, go for it. So in general, I would say for the most part, I find that this film is a really great holiday time film, and I enjoyed it quite a lot. And a lot of the little mini scenes are very good. I don't think I mentioned this at all, but, you know, from a composition standpoint, it's pretty flat. That would be maybe the largest area, but also this is in a time where dynamic composition doesn't necessarily exist in full force at this point. So I think it's enough passable of a way to tell this story. And it's fun to watch all these characters interact and find out if Chris Kringle is really who he says he is. So with that, I would give it a solid eight. And I would recommend it. Yeah, I would also give it an eight. Um, like I said, I feel like this is probably one of the, the better Christmas films. Um, one of the more watchable ones anyway. Um, and it, it is just like, it does what it sets out to do basically and nothing else. And I, I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, would I call this like a masterpiece or anything? No. But um, does it matter? No, I guess. So, well, do I recommend it? Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, if you're talking about like looking for something to watch during Christmas, I think this is one of your best options. Um, and so, yeah, that's uh, that's all of that. Do you want to move on to recommendations now? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So um, it's worth noting that um, we have a theme uh, a bit late on it, I suppose, but it is the new year, 2034. And as it is the new year, um, we are doing New Year, New Me, yet again, everyone. I know. Uh, please hold your applause for one moment. Um, 
What that means is we're doing a what happened theme. If you haven't seen us do that before, excuse me, Steven. I I, oh. I asked for you to hold. I will give you instruction when I that want the, the applause. Audience. No, oh, no, wow. That was, really? Yeah. The, the live studio audience. Oh, wow. I didn't know they were all just like chilling with you. Yeah, like, sorry. I just quieted them down. It's, okay. It's okay. Okay, we're cool. Good. God, that like one dude who started clapping. Like, what the fuck? Uh, but anyway. Um, yeah, so I don't know if you've ever uh, seen our um, what happened specials before but what we do is we look at some franchise and we ask the question how did it turn from either bad to good or good to bad um and so that is the essential question we will answer next episode steven why don't you go ahead and recommend your what happened and tell me which of those two directions this franchise went so lewis i'm going to recommend something to you that's actually very related to another what happened that I had recommended in the past. And we probably even made a short mention of this series, but Lewis, I'm going to recommend to you the office. And specifically, I'm going to say it went from being good to bad. Lewis, I'm going to give you a list of episodes after we record, but just for anyone playing along at home, essentially what I'm going to recommend Lewis is a selection of office episodes from the quote-unquote Michael Scott era when Steve Carell was still on the show to the after Michael Scott era. So for anyone playing along at home, that's basically a selection of episodes from season one to seven, and then a selection of episodes from season eight and nine. All right, cool. So um, what I've got for you, Stephen, is I'm asking the question, what happened to Genesis? Uh, the progressive rock band turned pop rock band. Um, and the two albums I'm going to recommend, and inevitably I'm skipping over a lot here, but I assume there's enough you've already, you already know or have heard on the radio that I can skip over it all and you'll have that understanding. Um, the 1970, oh my God, I can't get the year wrong. 72, right? Shit. Did I just get the year wrong? Whatever. Uh, 1972, three, one album Foxtrot. And uh, that was uh, when they were fronted by Peter Gabriel and they were a progressive rock band. And then finally, their final album from 1997, I believe, uh, Calling All Stations, which is when they lost both Peter Gabriel, uh, Steve Hackett, their guitarist, and Phil Collins, who was their drummer turned frontman, and brought on a new singer to uh, attempt to reinvigorate their career after... Uh, their uh, pop success in the 80s, which I, I'm skipping over because I assume you're familiar with it. Um, and I hope I'm right in that assumption. And At uh, what point do you lose so many members that you're just a different band? Well, that is a question we can answer next time. Uh, but but sp uh, specifically, I am saying that the band went from being uh, good to bad, if that wasn't obvious. And uh, we'll see how much next time. Okay, great. So with that, that is our little podcast. Lewis, uh, we have a little bit of a short one today, so I don't know, are there any questions or anything from the audience? Oh, yeah, do you? Well, I could look through some of the things they've been saying. Uh, Self-Contained Productions has been wilding. I have not been looking at the chat. Um, he will sponsor us. I have to show for his book. Uh, he recommends poop balls. He called me. <laughs> I don't know if that did actually happen. He did call me. Uh, okay. And uh, Toyota uh, Truckathon. Um, 
Then we've got uh, Hurley, who found it very funny I had to sit through a Nostalgia Critic video. It was not. Um. <laughs> uh, I don't know how many of these I, I, I have to read. Um, oh, here we go. Uh, so I'm supposed to... Um, I'm sp- we remember that I, I had said something earlier in this episode that we need to edit out. Uh, I didn't know what uh, to compare when I said that we need to protect... Um, I think I was saying we need to protect Toyota like a blank. Well, I've got it now. We need to protect it like my copy of Fun, Fun, Fun on CD, which I don't have, but thank you anyway. Uh-huh. Um I like this new uh, segment where we play Mad Libs with the audience. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, Coca-Cola invented Santa Claus and polar bears, according to Wall- Wannabe Melon. Thank you. Oh, Coca-Cola invented polar bears. Apparently. That is, wow, that's a little known fact. But yeah, that is true. I can't confirm. Um, talk about Coca-Cola. Actually, what what's funny is a byproduct of creating polar bears was coca-cola what do you think of nickelback's greatest hits asks we remote 101 i'll let steven take that one they're all great and they're all hits wow thrilling uh we were asked by bjork's armpits (laughs) we uh okay shut up and talk about the happy honda days end of years sales event that's true i don't feel like we really were able to to get into that because we snubbed them so much in favor of toyota yeah and of course uh contractually we cannot get into that unfortunately Uh, oh yeah sorry uh my biggest apologies go out to uh, honda in in that in that apology but yeah yeah, one last honk, please, from the audience for Honda. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm trying okay. to see if we missed anything else, but I don't think we're getting any new questions. Um, so, okay, yeah. so then uh, I think that wraps it up. Lewis, do you have any housekeeping items? Um, I don't think so. I mean, as always, check the description for us on CastBox. This episode should be up by tonight or tomorrow. Um, and, of course, check out our bonus episode. Oh yeah, that's right. Our Rise of Skywalker episode we did. That's very exciting. You'll you'll love it. You'll you'll have to love it. If you don't love it, unsubscribe to me. I mean, it's that simple, really. Um, but anyway, and yeah, that's also back. We need you in the audience. Oh it's, yeah, it's the only thing we have. Yeah, I, I was I was joking. I really shouldn't make uh, irresponsible jokes like that because we are screwed if I don't have you. Um, I guess I, I guess um, I, I I can say that I on on this channel this has nothing to do with Get Rex. So if you're on Castbox, just tune out now. Uh, but um, on 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 this channel, I um, I uploaded a uh, series of songs from the last few albums and uh, EPs that I did. Uh, I apologize if I flooded your inbox, but all that stuff's up there individually now. If you want to use it for I don't know whatever purposes like rhythm bots, uh, sharing or whatever, uh, chilling, you know, do whatever. Um, and then the other thing I want to mention is, um, that now that the old channel, which we used to host get wrecked on is now deleted. Uh, there is an archives channel for all the old videos on that channel called the four four archives that you'll find in my, uh, other channel section. So I recommend you check that out as well. I don't recommend you subscribe to it though, because every time I go on and upload new videos, I upload like six at a time and you have no need to see that in your sub feed. Um, so whatever the case it is, um, that's, uh, 
that's all the new stuff that I have to say. Steve, I don't know if you have anything that's worth mentioning. No, just again, thank you everyone for listening. It was a really great 2019 for us, and we will continue doing this in 2020. Looking forward to it. Oh, oh yeah. Final thought. I was reminded by uh, my, my good pal here. Reminder to listen to Goddess of the Sun. Yes, listen to my song, Goddess of the Sun, and uh, give me money for it on um, on Bandcamp. Okay, well, anyway, I think that's, I think that's it. Uh, so with that, those were our thoughts. Those were our recommendations. Get wrecked.